You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Our phone number 312-255-8408. The time is exactly 801 on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning in Chicago. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holy Cathedral, normally joined by Mark Teresi as co-host, but today happens to be Mark's 65th birthday. So Mark, if you are listening, God bless you on your 65th birthday and many, many more. Mark and I have been great friends since about 1973. So blessings upon your, well, I want to say maybe your 39th birthday today, Mark, and and blessings to your wife, Mary, and your family. Enjoy the day. It's your special day. We have a tremendous program lined up again, 312-255-8408. Well, first of all, in sports, the White Sox won yesterday. The Cubs are the hottest team in baseball, though I'm a White Sox fan. They're 12-3, and and the Sox are holding their own. Will they play the NFL football? That will be seen. Not so sure. The Pope has been very busy appointing a few of our great priests here in the Archdiocese to lead dioceses across the state of Illinois. Father Michael McGovern has become the Bishop of Belleville, and Father Lou Tilka is the new coadjutor Bishop of Peoria. And our Vicar General, Bishop Ron Hicks, has been appointed the Bishop of Joliet. Today we'll be speaking with both Bishop McGovern and Bishop Tilka, starting with Bishop Lou Tilka all the way from beautiful Peoria, Illinois. Bishop Tilka, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Father Greg. It's good to hear you. How are you doing? Boy, I'm, I'm so used to saying, Lou, it's hard to believe that I met you as a brand new <laughs> seminarian right. at Niles College Seminary. You entered in 80-what? Uh, I entered uh, the seminary in 89. In 89. I, I was the vocation director at Niles College Seminary of Loyola University, and you were coming from what high school? Well, I actually was coming from Purdue University. So I graduated from Marian Catholic High School, did my first year of college studies at Purdue University, and then uh, discerning a vocation, uh, needed to come to the seminary to help have that uh, assistance in looking at that calling in my life. So that's when I transferred in as a sophomore. So from Marian Catholic, one year at Purdue, and transferring to college seminary. So remember when you contacted me, we, we met, we did the paperwork, then you entered as a sophomore in the college seminary, and you graduated in three years after that. Correct. And on to Mundelein Seminary. I'm going to work sure. a little bit backwards here. And first of all, uh-huh. you know, you, Bishop Lutilka, are one of the great priests ordained <laughs> in Chicago and now in Peoria. And um, But maybe explain to our listeners, what does it mean to be the new coadjutor bishop of Peoria? So Bishop Dan Jenke is our, our, our bishop here in Peoria. Uh, he's been bishop here for uh, 18 years. He was appointed in 2002. Uh, his health has been declining over the last couple years, 
And so he requested a coadjutor bishop to assist him in the pastoral care of the diocese. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, granted that request of him uh, by appointing me as a coadjutor bishop. Uh, what what that really means is uh, ultimately that I have the right of succession. So when Bishop Janke ultimately does uh, retire, um, bishops normally submit their uh, letter of uh, resignation retirement when they turn 75, uh, and that'll happen for Bishop Janke in about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what, what that means for the Diocese of Peoria is that when the Holy Father accepts uh, his resignation of the office uh, for his retirement, I will automatically become the ninth bishop for the Diocese of Peoria. So right now he so is still leading the diocese, but then you are correct. working closely with him. Correct. I, I, in, in many ways, uh, it would be like uh, being the auxiliary bishops in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, assisting uh, the, the ordinary. So, you know, the auxiliaries assist Cardinal Supich, the Archbishop of Chicago, um, my current role as a coadjutor bishop is to assist uh, Bishop Janke as the ordinary of the Diocese of Peoria. Uh, but unlike the auxiliaries in Chicago, you know, it, not one of them necessarily would be the next archbishop. Uh, in my case, uh, when, when Bishop Janke does retire, I will automatically take the responsibility of being the ordinary bishop of the diocese. Now, Lou, I have to ask you this question that is, uh, you have been a great priest, outstanding there at Diocese Chicago mm-hmm. uh, since, what, 1996. And you were pastor on the south side, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're doing your work, you're busy, you're just going about your day. How did, and when did the call come to you? And, and was it made by the papal nuncio? Yes, yes. So, uh, I mean, it's a moment I'll certainly never forget. Uh, it was Monday morning, May 4th. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, in the, this time of the COVID pandemic, uh, offices and that are closed down. And I uh, had a, a weekly meeting um, via Zoom with uh, several of the staff members at 9 o'clock. And uh, to be quite honest, that Monday morning I was kind of feeling a little lazy, so I was really taking my time getting myself going. Uh, but I had gone over to the parish office uh to uh, get ready for the, the 9 o'clock uh, conversation on the, the computer. Uh, I walked in, turned on the lights, uh, turned my computer on, set my cell phone on the, the desk, went to the break room, made a cup of coffee. And as I came back in, the phone was ringing. And uh, when I looked at the phone, it was an unknown number coming from Washington, D.C. And hmm. I honestly almost didn't uh, answer the call because uh, I'd gotten lots of calls from Washington, D.C. on no numbers telling me I needed to extend my warranty on my car. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I, something said to pick it up, and I picked it up, and it was uh, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, who is the papal nuncio. Sure. And uh, the short of it, he says, I have good news. And the, the good news is I was being named the coadjutor bishop of, of Peoria. Um, I honestly did not say yes right away. Mm-hmm. I asked for a little bit of time to uh, pray. Um, I, I went and celebrated Mass, and of course, <laughs> the readings of that day, uh, the Gospel talked about being a shepherd, and I thought, Lord, you're telling wow. me something here. Amazing. And so so I, I, about an hour later, I returned the phone call and, and told it, 
told him that uh, certainly out of faithfulness and obedience to the Pope, uh, but more so out of the service of church and the Lord, I would say yes. Now, Bishop Tilka, this question, the call comes to you. Mm-hmm. Did you at first in your heart think this was a prank? Like it was one of your classmates <laughs> or one of your buddies putting you, you know, kind of, you know, teasing you? I, well, I, I no, I didn't. Um, I, I, you know, honestly, I, I had had the opportunity uh, when the Bishop Hicks and Casey and Bartosik were made bishops uh, because of my role uh, as chair of the Presbyterian Council at the time in Chicago. I had had the opportunity um, at their lunch uh, before their ordination to sit next to Archbishop Christophe Pierre. So you recognize the uh, voice. So I kind of recognized the voice. Okay. Um, and so I, I did not think it, it was a prank, but it's my understanding from uh, Bishop Janke that when he got the call later that day to say that this was happening, he thought it was a prank. <laughs> <laughs> well, then the other question with it, when the call came, you saw Washington, D.C., unknown. Okay, it's a warranty on my car, and it's, well, I'll pick it up anyway. When he told you the news, mm-hmm. was your did your mind, like, freeze or numb up oh yes yeah i was uh i was uh uh literally kind of half in the chair and half out of the chair (laughs) and so i was worried about i was going to (laughs) fall and uh i i was trembling a bit and uh um to be honest uh father greg that the the very first thought that went through my mind is i am not worthy of this um and uh so uh because you know, it was so I, unexpected. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't think any priest uh, ever expects to get a phone call, uh, you know, saying that they're going to be a bishop. You see, the closest uh, I can, re- can kind of relate to it is when I was at uh, St. Mary's in Evanston from 2010 to 2016. In February of 16, when I got a call from Father Mike Noktek, where Cardinal Blaise Subic wants me as the new rector of the cathedral. Sure. I thought he was joking. Yeah, I said, yeah. well, especially because it was Father Mike Notek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was Mike, Mike, who's a comedian and a funny guy, great guy. And I thought, okay, Mike, you know, you're, he, he said to me, Greg, I wouldn't be calling to joke about this. But like you, mm-hmm. my mind was it was frozen. It was like, um, and, and my first gut reaction was to think, no, I'm happy here at St. Mary's in Evanston. Right, right. Don't rock the boat. Right. And I had a chance to pray about it, and it's just, uh, they're just amazing because you've always been a very humble priest, hardworking, uh, known by all the priests in love in Chicago. And so I always say in many ways, Chicago's loss has been Peoria's gain. But, of course, you'll Thank be you. very much connected with everybody here in Chicago, even though you're down to Peoria. So now how has it been? For the, now, you are presently in Peoria, so you have moved out of the rectory. Yep. Yep. You're down in Peoria. Now, where are you stationed for living? So I'm actually living in a parish. Um, You know, we have uh, lots of uh, uh, parishes in the Diocese of Peoria where um, over the years they have been um, uh, partnered, twinned, connected, uh, merged, you know, uh, uh, as a smaller diocese. um, You know, a lot of our parishes uh, kind of share resources in that. So I am living in a parish uh, that's not not far from downtown Peoria, uh, which uh, basically had an empty rectory. Um, mm-hmm. A previous vicar general used to live in this parish uh, here, 
Um, the parish uh, shares the, the pastor and the associate pastor. Um, they live at the other parish um, that this one is, is twinned with, uh, because the school and uh, the larger community is actually over there. Uh, they come over regularly. Obviously, we have daily Mass in this parish and uh, weekend Masses, and there's a parish office and uh, activity. But um, since the, the priests live in the other parish, uh, I, this, I, I've been very blessed with a very comfortable uh, large rectory uh, for, for myself to live in, which is good because uh, for me, it gives me an opportunity to quite literally leave the office and go home. Uh, so, the, you know, there's no quote-unquote office in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, you know, there's, there's a lot of time uh, when, uh, you know, a bishop needs to meet with uh, various people for, um, you know, different meetings. Absolutely. Um, that, that, you know, a little more privacy is nice. And so it, it does give me an opportunity to have a space that I can meet with uh, folks, uh, if I need to, or when I need to, uh, in a in a more private uh, setting. But now, talk about your summer having the um, ups and downs. That as great a moment it was to be named, mm-hmm. and all the celebration and, and adulation goes with it. But also, my deepest sympathy because you lost your sister Mary yes. Lou, yes. who died around the time and very close to when you were uh, celebrating down in Peoria, and she mm-hmm. passed away, what, July? June 13th. June 13th. And I'm I, sorry, I knew June 12th. Lou and Gordon because I had dinner yes. with them several times. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've they met you many times out in uh, at their home. Exactly, outside of Vegas there, and mm-hmm. that, uh, wonderful people. And so it's just, uh, so which means you've experienced a summer with the absolute surprise of your life being named the co-juder bishop and the loss of your sister. Yes. So it just your feelings within you have to be so em- mixed and emotional. It's been a very hard summer for you, also at the same time, Lou. Yeah, it's you know it's 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 been an emotional roller coaster. You know, mm-hmm. um, my sister was diagnosed with her cancer back in January. Um, we knew it was a uh, terminal diagnosis. Uh, we didn't know how long she would have. Um, I I. Uh, feel very blessed that she was around to obviously hear the news and uh, in some ways be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, when you get named a bishop, there's a lot of things that you need to kind of start to <laughs> gather. And yes. uh, she was very helpful um, in, in offering encouragement and support and, in, in, uh, you know, uh, my, like my uh, Episcopal ring my family purchased for me and um, you know, she's the one who said, you know, don't just get something out of a catalog, you know, make something that's yours, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, it was a great blessing was to be able to share the news, and she was able to come back to Chicago and spend her last month uh, surrounded by the family here in the Chicago area. Was she living with your dad? Um, she was living with my dad, mm-hmm. and um, which, you know, at the time was a half a block away from, from where I was in the parish up there. That's right. And so, uh, you know, we were all able to be there with her. Um, and, uh, you know, she was very much a part uh, and present to, to us, to me uh, in particular, as we actually then celebrated uh, my ordination. Uh, in fact, I wore a, a cross that she gave me. Wow. Um, uh, that uh, you know, is a, a great, great remembrance of her with me. 
always, you know. So it it, it has been, you know. I, I've I've had to grieve the loss of my sister. I've also had to grieve the loss of you know what was familiar to me. Um, sure, the people love being, you in the parish. You know, being in in a parish up in Chicago, uh, it, it wasn't just like moving as a pastor in Chicago from one parish to another. I was also moving from the diocese that has been my life, uh, you know, up until now. And so a lot of grieving has gone on, um, and, and we'll continue, because, you know, I think grief is a process. It doesn't yes. just simply go away. Uh, but also a lot of excitement and joy, and, you know, to feel the, the presence of the Lord walking with me, to know that the Spirit is, is uh, offering me the strength that I need to each day, um, knowing, uh, it's, I mean, it's really humbling, uh, to receive so many well wishes and and cards and notes and emails of support and encouragement uh, from the priests of Chicago, my yeah. new diocese, you know, parishioners down in in this diocese of Peoria that I've never met uh, would write to just say they're praying for me and praying for my family. So, despite the uh, emotional up and down, what's been constant is knowing that the Lord is there and knowing that. Uh, you know, God's uh, great love for us is being shown in so many ways, you know, among mm-hmm. so many people. We're going to take a break, uh, Bishop Tilka. We're sure. listening to uh, Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750. You want to join the conversation? 312-255-8408. 312-255-8408. Stay with us. And again, do not touch that dial. to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here. If you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951 anytime, day or night, and you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you.
Time is exactly 8.20 on this beautiful morning here in Chicago. We're speaking with uh, Bishop Lutilka, the brand-new coadjutor bishop of Peoria. And we're just kind of reminiscing from the old days. And uh, Well, now that you are spending your new time, Bishop Tilka, in Peoria, what does the Church of Peoria look like? What have you come to realize so far? Well, the Church of Peoria is, is uh, a wonderful church. Uh, faith community. Uh, we are, the Diocese of Peoria is the largest uh, diocese as far as land is uh, um, uh, a measurement. Uh, there's 16,933 square miles in the Diocese of Peoria. We, we go from uh, the east side of Danville, uh, in, in Indiana, all the way to the Mississippi River on the west and up to the Quad Cities. So very large land area. Uh, we have about 160 parishes, um, and uh, the so total population. If you have 17,000, almost 17,000 square miles, correct. If you put that in proportion, what is Chicago? I, I don't know um, the size. Well, we it's have, only two counties, and we got 26. <laughs> you have 26 counties in Peoria. We have two, yeah. and I know that. I wonder if we'd be maybe half the square mileage. Oh, not even close. Maybe, not even close. Maybe a quarter. If, if that. But almost 17,000 yeah. square miles. Right, right. That is amazing. You said 168 parishes? Yeah, 160 parishes. Um, you know, we've got a number of schools and Catholic hospitals. And, and so, um, you know, but wonderful people. Wonderful, welcoming, generous, faithful people who love the Lord um, they have been so uh, welcoming to me. We have lots of religious. In fact, last evening I had uh, uh, celebrated Mass for the religious communities of the diocese at our cathedral, uh, which is actually a, a beautiful, uh, very beautiful cathedral. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and at the cathedral we have uh, um, the tomb of uh, uh, Fulton Sheen. Correct. Uh, we're, we're, of course, pushing the cause for his beatification uh, but uh, the people here are just, uh, they love the Lord, and they want to do uh, what the Lord is calling them to do. And, and so it's been really wonderful to meet so many uh, great people uh, around the diocese. I've started what I'm calling the welcome tour. We have our, our, our very large diocese is divided into 12 vicariates, and so uh, I have uh, a Mass in each of the vicariates uh, wow. going on. Um, so each weekend I'm traveling out to at least two of the vicariates, uh, to celebrate Mass and to begin to meet the folks, and it's just been a wonderful experience of seeing their their love for the Lord and their love for the Church. But it has to be uh, so much more difficult with this whole coronavirus by way of social distancing, yeah. wearing the masks, numbers are limited. I mean, a cathedral here in Chicago, Lou, capacity is 1,200, but our capacity right now is 200 yeah. for every weekend Mass, so it's like almost 1,000 under capacity. Correct. I'm sure where you're going from place to place their social distancing, the numbers are much, much smaller. Right. And, and, and even in making these visits to the vicariates, you know, we're going to pretty much whatever is the largest parish in the vicariates because we want to be able to have as many folks as possible. Um, but, you know, again, with, with the social distancing requirements and all, uh, you know, these are, are much smaller gatherings than they normally would be, you know, a couple hundred people, if that. But then are you able uh, to greet the people? Because I know that at the end of Mass, as I celebrate, yeah. I don't go to the back of the church. I go back to the sacristy. Mm-hmm. Have you been walking to the very back and greeting people? 
Yeah, we've been actually pretty creative with it. Uh, how, do you do, how do you do that? So, so they, uh, uh, what we do is, uh, personally, one of the things that I do is, is I, I, I keep holding on to the crozier, which reminds me that I can't reach my hand out to shake people's <laughs> hands because I, I really would like to be able to, you know, shake people's hands, sure. uh, you know, the personal touch. Uh, so uh, I, I hold on to the crozier to kind of be the reminder for, to myself, keep your hands on, on the crozier. Right, right. Uh, the other thing that we've done in, in uh, these visits is uh, literally, you know, they put a piece of tape on the, on the floor or they put a, a table between us so that there, there is that uh, distancing. social distancing that is, is uh, being met. And, uh, uh, so, and, and folks keep their masks on and, uh, you know, we, we are able to have a, a short conversation and uh, opportunity to say hello, but uh, I, I've been impressed how creative folks are. <laughs> but it is a challenge, first of all. It's hard to remember names. We can sure. only see their eyes. Correct. You know, it's one thing Correct. to uh, see someone's face and remember the face, remember the name Joe or Mary, whatever. But in your case, you know, it's very difficult for your first time meeting, greeting, all you see mm-hmm. are the eyes and the glasses or the right. eyes, and it's so hard to remember the person the next time right? because it's a little uh, part of the face you can see. Well, it, it, that that's true, and, and the other challenge is uh, uh, it's it's not just trying to, you know, as a pastor, you go into a parish and want to, you know, get to know all your parishes. Well, you know, as a bishop, you, you don't have a parish. You have, in my case, like I said, about 160 parishes, right. so... I, I keep uh, using the line, uh, there's one of me and there's many of you. <laughs> so uh, it's easy for you to, to, to learn the, the new bishop's name, uh, but uh, for, for me to be able to remember and, and uh, take in everybody's name, especially because it is so hard, you only get to see part of their face. I, I, I keep telling folks, please, please re- reintroduce yourself. Give me your name each time you see me until... Uh, we're able to kind of get to know each other. That. Now, maybe just to work backwards in the last couple of minutes, mm-hmm. you'd gone to Marion Catholic High School, one year Correct. Purdue, and I think Correct. people need to know that in your vocation, in mine, of course, it's from God who does the calling, but your life could have led you in a whole different direction, get sure. to Purdue, get your master's degree, get married, have a family, et cetera, et cetera. But the Lord was calling you. Uh, in, your, in your case, Lou, what was the calling like as a young man to stop Purdue and pursue priesthood? Well, you know, very quickly, at the end of my high school years at Marion, uh, a priest from my parish said, had you ever th- thought about being a priest? I'd been a server, I'd been around the church, I went to Catholic high school, grammar school, but I really had never considered that question. Once that question what was parish granted, was that, by the way? Uh, St. Joe's in Homewood. Mm-hmm. And uh, once the question kind of was put planted in, in my mind and my heart, um, what I realized is I needed help to discern that, you know, which is why I went to the college seminary. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think when I was able to switch, shift the question in my mind and heart from what do I want to do when I grow up <laughs> mm-hmm. to what does God want me to do, uh, then came the clarity. Then came the, the, the ability to see that the Lord was moving me in this direction. Um, I, everyone has a vocation. Everybody has gifts and talents that the Lord has given uniquely to them, and they're to put them at service, uh, you know, of the world, of the Lord's cause. Uh, 
how we discern that and where we're called to do that is obviously going to be unique to each of us. But uh, I really believe that that it comes in starting to ask the question, you know, as you get to know yourself, not not what do I want to do, but what does God want me to do? Uh, And the more we're willing to engage in what God wants us to do, the better we're going to be, the happier we're going to be, and the greater impact in the world we're going to have. I think on that note, it's a beautiful way to end the program. I want to thank, in a very special way, the brand-new co-adjutor bishop of Peoria, Bishop Lutilka. Uh, Bishop Tilka, you are doing an outstanding job as you start Peoria. Phenomenal work in Chicago. Our prayers are with you. I'll give my love to your family and you know, know that we walk with you. And uh, it could happen to a greater priest than Bishop Lutilka. Thank you for joining us here, Lou, on the program. Thanks, Father Greg. Keep up the good work. God, thank you, and same to you. We've been listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750, 312-255-8408. The time is 829 in Chicago. Stay with us, and again, do not touch that dial.